The following audio is from Hope Hill Church. To learn more about Hope Hill Church, please visit hopehillchurch.org. All right, turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and let me pray. God, thank you again for your love for us. Thank you for the word that you've given us. I pray now that as we look into your word, our hearts and minds would be open to hear your Holy Spirit, and as the word is living and breathing and sharper than any two-edged sword, I pray that your words pierce into the depths of who we are today, showing us what you want us to see. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I shared with the first hour that they were my my draft one, and um, we didn't go as late as last week, but I still had some trimming to do. So I'm not going to get through all my material today, but we're going to make some good, good headway. Um, I've loved this series uh, we've been doing, started about a month ago on the Holy Spirit, and we're going to continue to dive into this. Um, Next week, actually, you get to be blessed by hearing from Rodney, who's going to teach next week, and I'll be back uh, in two weeks to continue our series on the Holy Spirit. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. How many of you like to do yard work? Okay, so seriously, raise your hands. I need to recruit you to come do mine. No. Um, so I, I actually, one of my favorite things to do, and when I retire, I think that, uh, I know Brandy has her mindset on getting a condo one day where there's no yard to have to mess with. Um, but one of the things that I love during my week is putting um, my headphones on and listening to um, good preaching or a good book uh, and going and doing yard work. And I love to feel you know, my bare hands in the weeds and in the soil. I don't like wearing, you know, sissy gloves and stuff like that. I love getting in there and getting messy. And sometimes, you know, at the end of it, I've got some cuts and I've got some thorns, but it's worth it. Well, then again, you come home and see a picture on your door that the HOA has taken of your house and says your yard is not good enough. That was, that was me. That happened. Yeah, you would think me loving yard work. I would have a good-looking yard, but no, not, not really. So anyway, um, why do I say this? Sometimes doing yard work, it's worth doing. You know, I'll, I'll stand back. I'll get a vision for what I want things to look like. I'll even go and get my pad of craft paper. And I, I've gone to the point of, like, measuring my backyard exactly and drawing it out and I want a bush here and, a, and a, a plant here and a tree here, and I'll get it drawn, and then I'll go in the backyard, and it's like, how do I make this happen? And I'll get busy working, and, you know, first time you might just weed, and then you come back and say, I'll do the rest next week, and the weeds are back. What's up with that, okay? And so sometimes it's hard, and the work is seems like it's never going to end, but if you want something of beauty, it's worth it. And it's worth putting in the hard work. It's worth sometimes getting down and dirty on your knees, getting your hands in the ground, getting a few cuts, a few splinters. But it's necessary. Why do I start with that? When I start to think and dream about what the church could be, it's a lot of work. And there are a lot of weeds in the aisles. And there are a lot of things that could be done. The beautiful thing here is that we don't have to 
form a committee or get a leadership team to get aside to pray about what the vision is or what exactly our mission is because God has already given it to us. We have a clear mission. We have a clear vision of what the church is supposed to be, what we're supposed to be about, and how we're supposed to do it. Sometimes it's hard work, but it's worth doing. And that's what my hope is through this series, is that we're seeing who God is through the Holy Spirit. We're seeing the work that God is calling us to do through his word. And then we're getting serious about being the people that God is calling us to be. We started this series really Easter when we looked at Jesus, his resurrection, and him coming and being before his followers and saying, as the Father sent me to do all of this, I now send you. But wait, he said, it's not enough that we've spent the last three years together. It's not enough that you've heard my teaching face to face. It's not enough that you've seen me raise people from the dead. It's not enough that... You've been fed by me. It's not enough. It's actually better that I leave. Because when I leave, the Father is going to send another. He's going to send the Holy Spirit who will come on you. In Luke chapter 4, you will be clothed with power from on high. In Acts chapter 1-8, when the Spirit comes, he will give you power. And this power is not so you can go stand on street corners and perform great acts and signs and wonders. It's not so that you can build up for yourself a name. The purpose of the power is the mission of Jesus. And that is lost ones coming to know the Father. To be his witnesses in this lost world. The Holy Spirit is the lifeblood of the church. It's the song we just sang. What's the word? It's your breath and our lungs. We need the Holy Spirit. We need him. We don't only need him. We need to allow ourselves to be filled by him, breathing him in, day in and day out, being filled with him continually so that we can live the life he's called us to live. We need him to be in us. And we need the giftings that he gives to us. On the topic that we've been going through, I know that even within this room, there are differences of opinions on what the scriptures teach. And my hope through all of this has been that we would be so grounded in the word that we would come to common ground and understanding on what the Bible really teaches and what we need to be emphasizing and what we need to be building as our foundation as a church as we grow. And sometimes we're going to have to agree to disagree. But there are some clear black and white and sometimes red things that we have to agree to stand on. And today, through our passage, I hope that we can dive in and pull some of it out. We painted a picture of of a wide spectrum of thoughts on the gifts. At one end, having the idea that the gifts, and when you mention the word gifts on this end, a lot of times what's thought of is the sign gifts, gifts of prophecy, gifts of tongues, gifts of healings, miraculous signs and wonders. And and on this far end, at this polar extreme, you have people who believe that apart from those things, there is no salvation. That if you are truly saved, you will speak in tongues. 
but I'm here to tell you that in all the studying I've been doing for over 20 years, I don't see that in the Bible. And actually what we see today, I think, is, is contrary to the teaching that all will speak in tongues. And we'll get into that in a minute. On this end of the spectrum, sensationism believes that the gifts that we read about, the sign gifts of healing and prophecy and tongues and the more elaborate exotic gifts were here for a set season. That the chosen apostles had those gifts to start the church and that when the Bible was finally uh, canonized and we had the scriptures canonized, that those gifts ceased. And I don't see that in the Bible either. We read a, uh, a couple weeks ago that, that many times the, the, the passage that's quoted by those on this end, it, it says that when that which is perfect has come, the imperfect will cease. Where there are tongues, they will cease. Where there are prophecies, they will be no more. But if you keep reading, the problem with the idea that that is the Bible is that the verse continues and says, when we see face to face, you know, I, I see glimpses of who God is and Jesus is through his word, but I'm not yet seeing him face to face. So I believe the correct interpretation of that passage is that these things will continue until Jesus comes again. There is a time when Jesus will return to the earth, when his kingdom will be restored and the perfect will come. But until then, we have a mission before us. We have people who are lost and dying and do not yet know our Father. And we need the fullness of the gifts of the Spirit, not just signs and tongues and healings, but there are many other gifts, and we're going to read about them right now. So let's dive in. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1 is where I'm going to start. Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were pagans somehow or other, You were influenced and led astray by mute idols. Therefore, I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus, be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Now, there's a ton that we could get into there, but we're going to focus on the next part of this passage. There are different kinds of gifts. I want you to circle that word, different but the same spirit. There are different kinds of service. Circle the word different. But the same Lord. There are different, do you get the point here? Different, different, different. A couple principles in studying the scripture. If a word is repeated, there's a reason for it. And we're going to keep seeing the same theme repeated through this chapter. Different kinds of gifts, same spirit, different kinds of service, same Lord, different kinds of working, same God, working through them all and all men. Now to each one, each individual, the manifestation of the spirit is given, but for the what? For the common good. The first thing I want us to see in today's passage, and it's in your notes if you're taking notes there, is there are a variety of gifts There are different gifts and different services and different workings. And in this passage in a minute, you're going to see, look at verse 14. Now the body is made up of not one part, but but many. 
There are many parts of the body. Paul here uses the illustration of a, of a physical human body to paint a picture of the church. The church throughout scripture is referred to as a body, the body of Christ. And we're going to see him break down that illustration even more. My first point here is that there are many gifts, there are different gifts, and there are different people that make up the church who receive those gifts. Now to each one, verse 7, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. You are each uniquely wired and gifted in many different ways, but it's the same Spirit wiring you and gifting you in all the different ways. You are unique. You are a beautiful, unique creation of God, but you're not created as unique for uniqueness sake. We are created as unique for the benefit of one another. We are better together and we need each other. You have some strengths that will complement somebody else's weaknesses. Where you're weak, somebody else will be strong. And therefore, we need each other. Each and every part is different and uniquely wired and uniquely created and gifted for the common good. How many of you like steak? How many of you like liver? Three of us. I love liver. Here's what's weird is I, nobody had to teach me. Nobody taught you to like steak. You just came out of the womb going, mmm, steak. I came out of the womb loving steak, but also loving liver. There are certain things that we do not get to choose. Some of us, we wish we could choose what gifts we have. A minute ago, I'm sitting over there singing, and I step a, a, a foot or two away from my wife because I realize my voice is not so joyful to her ears probably. I don't have the gift of being a worship leader or a singer. God has gifted me uniquely in different ways. But some of us, when we look across the room, we want someone else's gifts. We don't all get the same gifts. But we get the gifts God wants us and needs us to have. I think I just skipped to my notes. What do we have there, Mason? What are my notes so far? Number one was there are a variety of gifts. Number two was... The gifts are given for the common good. We need each other. We need each other's gifts for the building up of the body, for the encouragement of one another. And every part is important. Number three, the gifts are given as he wills. Look at that verse. Where is it? Verse 11. All of these are the work of the one and the same spirit, and he gives them to each one as he determines or the ESV says, as he wills. It is not up to you. You can't sign up to take a class on, well, maybe you can sign up to take a class, but it doesn't mean you'll get the gift. I can, I can sing as much as I want till the cows come home, and it's never going to sound pleasing to your ears, no matter how many classes I take or how many times I try. It's not my gift. We each need the gifts. Let's continue and dive into this passage. There are different gifts, but the same spirit. To one is given, this, um, let me start in verse 8. 
To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge. By means of the same Spirit, to another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, do you see this phrase? To another, to another, to another. Different people getting different gifts. To another, gifts of healing by that same Spirit. People on this end are like, you know what? If gifts of healing were still around, we would empty hospitals. So the gifts can't be around anymore. That's not what this passage says. It doesn't say that you will now be a healer and be able to heal everyone. It says at times there will be gifts of healing that will come. Sometimes God will choose to heal and sometimes he won't. Gifts of healing, but by the same spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, well, isn't prophecy just teaching? No, you're going to see later that there are those who prophesy and there are those who teach. They're both stated in the same sentence. They mean different things. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, the speaking of different kinds of tongues. Still to another, the interpretation of tongues. All of these are given by the same spirit as he gives, as he determines. We don't get to pick our gifts. We don't all get the same gifts. We don't all get all the gifts. We each will be gifted and wired the way the Spirit chooses. I remember when I was studying this topic in particular, I I referred to it before as a junior in high school, and I was praying for the understanding of what tongues was. It was weird to me. I wasn't sure it was the gift of, like, French kissing or what, but it was weird, okay? And so I was praying, God, help me understand this. And there would be times I would be laying on the floor in my bedroom, crying out to God, saying, God, if this is something you want me to have, give it to me. I, I, I was told, if you want something from your father, just ask for it. And so I would. I would go, and I would just beg God, give this to me. And you know what God showed me? He didn't want me to have it. He had other gifts, though, and I'm, I'm thankful. I'm thankful that I, God has gifted me to be a pastor shepherd. God has gifted me and wired me uniquely to operate the way he wants me to operate. He didn't give me the gift of administration. Some of you should be yelling amen to that. But he has wired you and given you that gift. And so therefore, I need you like the body needs each other. He drives this home. Look at verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ. You as a whole. We make up the body together. You are the body of Christ. And each one of you is a part of it. You are unique. You are gifted. But for the common good. God has appointed in the church. God has appointed first of all. Apostles. Second. Prophets. Third. Teachers then workers of miracles, then those who have gifts of healing, then those who have the ability to help others, then those who have the gift of speaking different kinds of tongues. Then here's the the question that drives it home. Are all apostles, are all prophets, 
Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Most versions of the Bible don't have an answer to that rhetorical question. If you have the NCB, New Contemporary Version, I think it has an answer there because the author is interpreting, saying clearly the answer to this question is no. Not all are apostles. Not all are prophets. Not all have the ability to teach. Not all can work miracles. Not all heal and not all speak in tongues and not all interpret. Not, not all. No, not everybody gets all the gifts. And so what happens, unfortunately, in, inside our circles as churches many times is we, we get frustrated. We want someone else's gift. Or the enemy gets in and we get jealous of somebody else's gift. Or we begin to have a low self-image of self-esteem when we look at ourselves and feel like our gift is not important. When each and every part is needed and equally important. Back up to verse 14. Paul uses the illustration to go a little deeper when referring to a body. He says, now the body is not made up of one part, but many. If the foot should say, I'm not a hand, so I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. And if an ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But but the simple fact is that God has arranged all of the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts of the body. You might feel like you're just the big toe ugly and sticking out there and unnecessary, but have you ever stubbed your big toe? I, I was I was doing flooring in our house, and I don't I don't wear safety glasses. I already told you I don't wear gloves when I do yard work. Um, I also don't always wear shoes when I'm doing construction. Not very smart. So I'm doing flooring and I'm moving from one part and a piece of wood, of wood flooring falls out of my hand from about this high and just gets the tip of my toe. It's just a little part of the body. It's not a big deal. I'm so glad I was the only one home because in a moment I was on the floor in the fetal position crying like a baby. My entire, I thought I was dying. My entire body was aching from that pain on the tip of my toe. Don't tell me the toe is not important. When one part of the body suffers, the whole body suffers. And you may think that your gift is not as important because you're not up teaching in front of a crowd, or you're not up leading worship, or you're not administrating the entire function of the church. Each and every gift is necessary. And God gives you the gifts he needs you to have because the body needs that gift. The gifts are given for the common good. And if you're a part of this church and you're not operating in your gift mix, 
this body is suffering. And you are missing out on the blessings that God has for you. So my encouragement today is that you see this board up here and say, which gift am I not using that I should be using? And there are gifts up here that there are, there are, there are volunteer opportunities up here that are just waiting to be used by someone who's gifted. In the church, there are different kinds of positions. How many of you like to start new things from scratch? Anyone? How many of you like to see things and you kind of get an idea and a vision for it? And maybe it's something that's not yet been done. And you're like thinking, man, I wish we just do it like this. And we bring this in. And how many of you think that way? A few of you? You might be gifted like an apostle. Apostle means sent one. You're typically sent to begin a new work in a new place, reaching a people not yet reached. You might be gifted as an apostle. How many of you like taking something and teaching others? Like you have a concept, you understand it. And doing it on your own is not enough. You like to actually pass that knowledge on to other people. Anybody here like that? You might have the gift of a teacher. You have to discover the gift mix that God has given you by taking baby steps in it. One step at a time. And the gift of, it it talks about gifts. It, It mentions gifts of teachers, gifts of miracles. And then there's the gift of just helping a brother out. That's a gift? Yeah. Gifts of helps. Gifts of service. And what we need to be careful here, which is a danger in church circles, is that many times people will walk into a church circle and measure its depth and maturity by the signs and wonders performed in that gift area and not by how well they are at helping people out. The gifts are just as important and just as necessary, and they're all needed. In our little church here, we have people with PhDs, and we have people with high school diplomas. We have people who are rich, and we have people who are barely making it. We have people here who are Republican, and we even have some Democrats. And they love Jesus. I know, you're like, what? We have people who have come to Christ. They can't remember when. They were, they've been in the body Uh, they've been a believer for as long as they can remember, and we have people 50, 60 years old who've just come to Christ. This past year, we had someone leave witchcraft and follow Jesus. We have a diverse mix. We have people here from Pentecostal backgrounds and Catholic backgrounds and Baptist backgrounds, and, and you name it. That's the beauty of the body of Christ, is he interweaves each of us together as individuals, uniquely wired and gifted, and meets us where we're at so that we will better one another. The only way that this can happen is if all of us are equally yielded and submitted to the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives. There are many gifts. We don't get to choose them. But we need to learn to use them. We need to learn to walk in the power and in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And then we can fulfill, we can become the church that glorifies God. We can become a body of believers that is building each other up, that is helping each other's weaknesses and being each other's strength, leaning on one another, supporting each other, and taking this mission to those who do not yet know it. We need one another. Let's pray.
one part of the body starts working. If you were to wake up one morning and all of a sudden your left arm isn't working, that's a problem. If one part of the body starts attacking another, that's, that's like cancer. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to bring life to the dead parts of the body and to bring healing to the parts that are broken. Some of you, you've come to Hope Hill Church because this is a new place. You feel like you need some rest. You've been burnt out in past experiences. Finally, a church where you can come and just sit. Please hear me. Don't hear me wrong. If that's why you're here, find another place. The body here needs you. And if you need to be healed, we want to be a place where you can find rest and healing but for the sake of you getting back up and in the game. This body has a mission, and the mission can't be accomplished apart from you allowing the Holy Spirit to use you as a part of the body. Acts chapter 17 teaches us that each and every one of us are wired and created and shaped and put in the places and the seasons and the times according to the Spirit's will. And if you're a part of this church, God has you here for a reason. And if you're not allowing God to use you in your gift mix, this body is hurting. So we need you. We want to be a place where you can figure out who your giftings are, where you can begin to take baby steps. How many of you have a baby at home that's learning to walk right now? taught a baby how to walk. You know, you you see them take those first few steps, right? And they're kind of wobbly. And the first couple steps, you're like so excited. And then they fall, right? And then you like rebuke them, right? Isn't that what you do? Come on, guys. Of course not. And as a baby church, we're going to take those first few steps. We're going to stumble here and there. And we don't have to worry about our father being up there rebuking us. But instead, we need to find the freedom and the encouragement that comes in us walking through these passages of Scripture, these understandings together, and figuring out our footing and figuring out which, which parts of the ground we can land on that will be strong and supportive and what areas we need to avoid and how to better one another. And God is there to walk us through each of them. One step at a time. And that's my hope for us as a body. That we come to realize the importance and power and presence of the Holy Spirit in our life. Our need. He is our lifeblood. He is the source through which we will accomplish everything that God wants us to accomplish. And that you and you and you and you, you're all uniquely gifted by the Holy Spirit. And we want to be a place where you can be built up in, the, in what your gifts are. out together. Some of it might be messy at times, and some of it might be trying to figure out who should do what and how. And, but we want to be honest with each other. We don't want to be like American Idol. You know, you get that singer who parents must not have loved him. He shows up on one of the first episodes, and he's singing like I sing. And you're like, man, mama didn't love me. 
he stopped him before he got there. And we want to be that place where we can come alongside you and say, you know, you think you're a teacher, but maybe not. But man, I see this in you. I see this strength in you. I want to help you. I think, I think you could really excel in this area. And we see that in each other. We discover our gifts as we live life together, as we journey through struggles together, as we work in each other's lives. We see things in each other, and we spur each other on to good works, and we help each other, and we encourage each other. We want this to be that kind of place. We're doing that in love, building each other up. Not all are going to heal. Not all are going to work miracles. Not all are going to have the gifts of tongue. Not all are going to interpret. But each of us are called to eagerly desire the greater gifts, verse 31 says. Each of us should be desiring the gifts and the power and presence of the gift giver, the Holy Spirit in our life. He says in verse 31, And now I will show you the most excellent way. I don't think 13 should be there. You know, when this was written, it was a letter. There were no numbers and chapters and verses. We added those to make it organized. I think Paul's thought continues. He says, I'm going to show you a more excellent way. If I speak in tongues, and I have the men of tongues of men and tongues of angels, but I don't have love, I'm just a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy, and can fathom all kinds of mysteries and all knowledge, but I have, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but I do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but I do not have love, I gain nothing. There are gifts, and the gifts are important. We need the gifts, and we all need to function in our giftedness. We need to do it all through love, in love, by love, with love leading us, and love being the reason we do it, and loving on this world that does not yet know the love of Christ. Love has to be the foundation to all of it. Team, you guys can get in place while I wrap up. <clears throat> we are a body. We need each other. If you're a hand, you need to do what a hand does. If you're a foot, you need to do what a foot does. If you're an appendix, yeah, just keep going. We need each other. Each one of us have an important role, just as important as the other. There are some guides and instructions on how certain gifts should be used. We'll get into some of that in two weeks. Next week, Rodney is going to teach. I'll come back with this series two weeks from now. But I want to encourage you, like a baby learning to walk, begin to take steps, figuring out what your gifts are. Some of you should be teaching right now. Some of you should be helping lead worship. Some of you should be administrating different areas of our church and ministry that we have going on in different areas. Some of you, you have the gift to help people out. And it's a gift. 
body in this room. Some of you, you get, you get feelings. You get like, I have this idea coming to me, and I want to share it with Pastor John. Some of you have come up to me and said, you know, I had this, I, I felt like I needed to say something, but I wasn't sure if I should, and so I didn't. And I want you to embrace those feelings. If the Holy Spirit has given you a word that needs to be shared with us, I want to encourage you to write it down. Or get your phone out when you get somewhere where you can just focus and just record yourself and send it to me. And if it's something that, that you, you feel like it might be from God that you want us to pray about, we would love to take it. We'll get the leadership of our church together. We'll read it. We'll look at it together. If necessary, we'll get together with you and we'll talk through it. But we want to hear from you. Prophecy is a real gift that's alive here today. And we some of you may get words from God that we need to hear. Some of you, you feel like you have the gift of tongues, and, and there are different understanding of what tongues look like, and, and there are some things that tongues will become in some circles that aren't even in the Bible. There are things that some people believe that, well, I pray in tongues because Satan can't understand it. That's nowhere in Scripture. In fact, it's called tongues of angels. Satan was an angel. It's a fallen angel now. There are, there are myths about different things that we, when we get to the supernatural and sign gifts, it can get weird. And so Paul, I believe, writes down some instructions on how to use those gifts that we want to incorporate. Some of you, when you pray over people, you're praying in tongues. And I'm not saying that's wrong, but if there's not a believer there, it could be confusing. We've had people come up to us and say, man, I heard something weird, and I don't know if I can stay in your church because I don't know where you It's a little weird. It's weird for me. So why not? We're not saying tongues don't exist. We're not saying miracles don't exist. We're not saying the sign gifts. They are here today and they're needed, but we also want to function the way the Holy Spirit is leading us to function, to walk carefully through these things, to, to help you learn how to walk in the Spirit's leading in each of these things. Figure it out together. sure, even who Jesus is, then that's, that's another thing. If you're here today, and when you honestly would say about yourself, you would say, you know what, I've never, I've never given my heart to God. I've never given my life to Jesus. Then my encouragement would be that that would be your first step. Bible teaches us that Jesus came to help us have relationship with the Father. And, and having a relationship with God is only possible through receiving the forgiveness through the shed blood of Jesus Christ when he died on the cross for us. And if you're here today and you would say, ah, that's, that's, that's what I need to do. 
I need to admit to God right now that I know that I've messed up. There's sin in my life. And so I call out to you, Jesus, right now. And I ask that you forgive me. I ask that you forgive me for the way that I live life, for the things that I do, that I know that are wrong. Come in and, and forgive me of those things. At the moment that you call out to him and ask him to come into your life and be your Savior and your Lord and forgive you, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit comes to live in you. And so I pray that you call out to him and say, Father God, thank you for forgiving me. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Holy Spirit, come and live in me. Make me the person you want me to be. Help me to do the things that I know that I should do and to walk away from the things that I know I shouldn't do. Come in and make me new. Show me and teach me what it means to follow you. And if you're here today and you would say, I, I know... I know who Jesus is. He is my Savior. My question is, are you being the part of the body that God needs you to be? Are you walking in the fullness and in the giftings of the Spirit that He has given you? And in this time of response, my hope is that you'd call out to Him. You'd ask Him to reveal to you, God, I do have, I wonder if this is a gift. Show me, make it make it clear to me. Show me how I can use it to to serve you and to serve this church. Begin to just pray and have that conversation with him over these next few moments. Then we also use this as a time just to pray over each other. At the end of the last service, Richard came up to me and said, Pastor John, I've got pain in my hip. Will you just pray for me? Will you just pray that God will take that away? If there's something going on in your life and you want prayer for or forgiveness, or restoration, or just understanding about something, I encourage you to get up from your seat, find one of our prayer team members who will be sitting, uh, standing around the circle of the room, and that you would just go and ask for prayer. this time. It's a time to deal with God and let God deal with you. If you didn't hear what Rob just said, if you don't feel like you can come to the front for whatever reason and you want to just stay seated, just raise your hand and one of our prayer team members will come and pray with you right where you're sitting. Jesus, come and deal with us now. Holy Spirit, come and have your way in this place. We pray that as we about the words that are being sung as we sing along, that we would call out to you and let these be a prayer from our heart to you. Spirit, 